Hi everyone, you're warmly welcome to Race and Only Better, which is on the road at Sandown, ahead of the Betfair Tingle Creek tomorrow. And of course this Friday morning at the time of talking, delighted to be joined with Christmas just around the corner by three wise men. There you are, <laughs> rehearse that all the way. Dan Barber, Kevin Blake and Tony Calvin, long time no see mate. Welcome along, how are you? Yeah, only the third time on the race course in two years, so yeah. Ho, ho, ho. We are privileged. <laughs> we are privileged. Um, Kevin Blake, really, really looking forward. We've just talked about this beforehand, that just across Sunday, what we're going to talk about, Saturday through Sandown, through Aintree as well. It's about as good as it's been the national hunt season so far. Yeah, I think so. Look, we've all been waiting for rain, a lot of trainers waiting for rain. Nicky Henderson waiting for a lot of other things other than rain, of course. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> he, must be, he must be rooming with uh, Willie Mullins, by the sound of it. Well, look, it's great. Great decorations this weekend, yeah, including here at Sandown, Punchestown, Cork. Uh, great depth of action now. So, yeah, it feels like finally it's... We've had a few good weekends along the way, in fairness, but you, you'd like to see it kind of go rat the tat tat from here, and I think this weekend should be very good. Right, Dan Barber, um, we were talking about this beforehand, that you and I get a little bit sort of doughy-eyed about days gone by, and the Tingle Creek itself. I know that we've only got the five, and we'll talk about it from a punting perspective, but just the name evokes some great memories, doesn't it? Yeah, it does, definitely. Um, my favourite ever two-mile, and never won the race, Edredon Blur, which is a bit of a travesty, really, because that, that's what's quite upsetting about trainers being so hell-bent on Cheltenham, that races like this can be ignored, and when you look at the names that have won it, I mean, flagship was E2 or 3. I mean, it's got a ridiculous role of honour. I do actually, controversial opinion, I do actually think that that great Moscow flyer, Azerti up, yeah. I'd, and well chief, maybe a bit overplayed. Three what? brilliant horses, but <laughs> no, Moscow just... was winning all the way around, wasn't he? There was never any doubt. Sorry for being We complain when they don't turn up and we complain when they do turn up. Yeah. We'll have a great race. Anyway, right. Um, we're going to be going on to Aintree, but we'll start off with Sandown. We're going to look at the Close Brothers, Henry VIII, then the Tingle Creek. And I will say as well, the London National, you're on the Betfair Sportsbook website. There's a money back, great offer as a free bet if your horse fin uh, fails to finish first, second or third. Just the 10 in there. Uh, max value up to 10 quid and you can go on the Betfair Sportsbook website for the terms and conditions. So we'll be talking about that a little later on. But the first race we go in with, Kevin Blake, I'll come to you is the Henry VIII. The Skeletons won it last year with All Mankind. They bid to do it again with the current 6-4 to four shot, third time lucky. Yeah, and Shalook is the obvious one, isn't he? He's been very good twice. Um, jumping technique, very good. But look, it's kind of been the story of his life, isn't it? He's all, they never go fast enough for him, do they? Like, he's always over-racing. You know, his jumping technique is so good that he's ended up kind of almost pulling and jumping his way to the front much earlier than ideal the last twice. Mm. He was a little bit wobbly, you could say, in the run-in at Cheltenham last time. And I just wonder, might he be a little bit vulnerable to something that's a little bit more efficient as he goes up the ranks? And Edward Stone is the one I like against him, to be honest, because like, he was a better hurdler than third time lucky. And I thought there was a lot to like about his win over fences last time. And he was just everything that third time lucky hasn't been so far. He was just more efficient. You know, efficient through the air, efficient in the way he travelled, and they'll absolutely be loving the prospect of taking on third time lucky because they'll just follow him everywhere and look to do him late. So, at the prices, I'd be with Edward Stone for sure. Uh, TC, there'll be better punting opportunities throughout yeah. the day. There's just the seven in there, and I know it's a great race, so it'll be not necessarily one you're going to get stuck into, but have you got a view? Uh, I've got a view in the prices. Okay. Uh, at the moment, third time lucky is six to four across the board. I, I think he's exactly the kind of horse that punters will be looking to oppose. Um, I'm not sold on him, his finishing efforts. Um, obviously, here, you know, he, he could well be maybe curling up. Uh, there's no guaranteed pace in the race as well. I mean, this is a horse that probably needs a good pace to aim at. Uh, there's no guaranteed pace. 
And if you are going to have a bet, um, maybe look to uh, the, the couple of outsiders, Stone and Silver, and do your job. They didn't make the running last time, but they have made it before. And I think the jockeys will be alive to a possible tactical angle there. And I think do your job at, I think, 16s in the marketplace. Uh, I think that's overpriced. Um, did it well enough at Warwick uh, first time. Really good uh, hurdler. Second in the grade one at uh, Aintree on his final start last year. I think do your job is the overpriced one at 16 to 1. If you are back in the favour, use the exchange because... Like I said, I, I think this third time lucky, I think everyone, I think every pundit will probably be out to oppose this. He's six to four at the moment. You have to go to edging towards 15 to eight to lay him on the exchange at the moment. And I could easily see him going off two to one plus. So if you do fancy third time lucky, maybe, uh, maybe wait. But uh, I'd be against him marginally, but he's already driven the actual price where I can just, I, I can just watch the race rather than having a bet. You move on really quickly. Uh, Daniel, your final thoughts on this, though, or your thoughts on this. We've got the four-year-old Il Rodoto turns around quickly. Um, makes appeal or not? Yeah, definitely. As soon as he won last week, I thought that was, that was a pretty special performance for a handicap. He'd not done much at Newton Abbott, and then he made a good handicap field look really ordinary, sprinted away. This is proper training, isn't it? He's out a week later, seven days on. Hendo would have given him seven months before he brought him back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> First jab of the day. <laughs> but I think he's a really interesting runner. I do, but I, I'm, I'm give it the big one when he's here tomorrow. <laughs> father. No, I'll, I'll leave it there. Um, After lunch as well. <laughs> <laughs> I've been on the receiving end before. I don't want to be on it again. Um, yeah. yeah, I think I'm with Kevin in the sense that I think. Uh, Third time lucky was extremely good at Cheltenham yeah, yeah. first time, but his hurdles form wasn't much struck, was no better than Edward Stone's, who I think's taken to it really, really well. Would have won at Warwick if he wasn't brought down. And then he did it in really good fashion when I was there, giving weight to a four-year-old of Skeltons. I'd, I'd be Edward Stone first pick for sure, but I think the bottom horse is a really intriguing runner. Right, OK, let's get on to the, the, the feature race of the day. Just a five. It's one for the purist. That said, we do have an 11 to 10 favourite in the form of Shaq and Poursois for the Betfair Tingle Creek Chase, which is the feature grade one tomorrow. Um, Dan, I'll stick with you on this one. Shaq and Poursois, did we all have our fingers burnt or not last time he came to Cheltenham? I was against him on the day. Yeah. I personally think this is going to suit him. I think he was it round and win. Yeah, I was half surprised he'd never run here before. I didn't mad that he had. Um, it is a stiff finish. Anyone who followed a couple of my naps last season will probably remember up the, up the straight who led over the last yeah. bit of down, looked, looked a 101 job and till he remembered that I tipped him and put the brakes on. Um, <laughs> and up the shitter rather than up the straight, <laughs> wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, um, that was a pretty revealing performance, I thought, from Shaq and Poursoir at Cheltenham. I do think it did bring to mind potential concerns, but you look at, the, you look at his CV, the horse he's beaten, smash Fakir Dudery, maybe Alaho was over the top after a massive effort at Cheltenham, but he destroyed him at Punchestown. Mm. If there are negatives at the price, one of them is that he's not his regular rider. Patrick's riding him. Mullins is two from his last 20, which is a strike rate that he's not that, that accustomed with. Maybe this weekend it all takes off. And of course, there's that fact as well, that a stiff track at Cheltenham found him out. I do think on all-known form, he's, he's a class apart. And one horse that he had in the, in the distance the other week, of course, at Punchestown as well, was Newby Negra, who's been made a very short price against him to try... I know Shaq and Poursois favourite, but Newby Negra's twos to beat him. I think there's more between them than that. Both Nichols runners interesting. I think they'll both be a lot better for the reappearance. Yeah. But I don't see how you can have a strong view. I think the best horse is priced up as the best horse, but he's not utterly bomb-proof. Right, in conclusion then, Kevin, does he win or not? 
Yeah, I think he probably does. It's not a strong betting view, but he is the best horse. It's just a case if they can catch him a little bit off guard on his comeback run. Like, as you say, look at his CV. Like, he's just better than these. And I was actually, his, his run just before Cheltenham at Leopardstown, I thought that was his best ever performance because his jumping, like you watch him back earlier in his career, he was a bit airy, a bit skewy at times. I thought he was very controlled at Leopardstown and was very, very good. And again, at Punchestown, I just think they rode him the wrong way at Cheltenham. I think they came out of that with regrets. They, wanted, they, wanted, they felt they should have rode him more aggressively. I suspect that's the way they'll ride him tomorrow. And he should be a fair old sight now, knocking down the railway. Well, not knocking him down, but knocking over the railways um, out the far side there. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, Patrick Mullins has his first ride at Sandown. That is on Shack and Paul Swire. Now we'll go on to the, a race that I know that Tony won't be dodging this one. We're going to go straight in with the Betfair Exchange London National. Don't forget, we have got that offer, which is if your horse fails to finish first, second, or third, you get. Uh, your stake back to the value of 10 quid. There are 10 in here. Tony, mm. where are we going with this? Um, I looked at this race on Tuesday. I put up Red Infantry, 16s each way, so I'm glad the, the race has cut up from 22 to 10. Um, I, think, I think he's probably drifted double-figure price on the exchange, so yeah. Red Infantry still, still interests me. Um, he, was first, he was second in the race uh, three years ago, one on his other start here. Um, handicappers dropped him £5 for a couple of uh, uh, poor runs since uh, winning at Doncaster, so I think he's back on a good mark. He's won a free and he like to go forward. Um, but yeah, I, I, I can see him being very competitive here, Red Infantry at a double figure price. At half the price, I think if you're looking for the solid one in the race, I think Deja Rabba is, is, like I said, everything you want in, 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 in the potential winner of this. It's two from two at the track, excellent reappearance run over hurdles. Back on a decent mark uh, over fences. And the trip is, I say he's like solid across the board. The trip is the, the question mark. But anybody yep. who saw his run in the Kim Muir uh, in, in 2020, staying on well over three mile two there into fifth, suggests the step up in trip will suit. I think Deja Rapper is yeah solid one. Five to one, you can get each way. I think that's, that's a very, very fair price. If you're looking for one win only, uh, Red Infantry. Um, the fact that they both like to go forward and Christmas and April does worry me a little bit, but as long as the jockeys are sensible, I think those two are the ones I'll take at the field, uh, against the field at the prices. Kevin, we've got a good offer on. Um, what appeals? I'm a, I'm a Christmas and April fan about the horse yesterday, um, sticking with him, but I can see the Dacia Rabba angle. Strictly a dancer, of course, looking to win again on a Saturday after what Haydock what, a couple of weeks ago. Are you, are you strong on this race? Um, I'd echo TC's case for Deja Abba. Yeah. Look, rock, rock, solid. Look, you, look, you step back and you look at his form and you say, God, he's got quite an inconsistent profile. Mm -hmm. But um, this place, he seems, to, he seems to have lit up when he's come here in the past. Um, I think the trip will suit him well. You'd have to love that comeback run. It suggests that he might well be better than ever. Um, obviously, trainer seems to be, have his horses in better shape this season than he did last season. And yeah, I think he's rock, rock, solid. He's, I, I, I want one that's going to be up around the front end. There's a couple of candidates there, and he's one of them, and I, th I think he'll be in the right sort of spot. It can be that race, can't it, where mm -hmm. they just get into a rhythm up front, as we see in the veterans' race as well. Sort of similar trip come January. Um, Dan, your kind of race? Yeah, clean sweep. Disha Abba, I think he's Fine. really, really solid. Uh, as Kev says, that one of the main angles with me is the stable. And he did miss a long time after his novice season, which was a really good novice season, let's not forget. Back-to-back -back wins, one was here. Than that fifth at Cheltenham that Tony referred to. He missed a long time. The stable was largely badly out of sorts last season. He still was able to win that Masters handicap. I think he'll be fine at the trip. That doesn't concern me. Perfect comeback, really. Showing that he's got all his ability still and the fact that he's only £2 higher. So he's still a well-handicapped horse. There's not many of these I do like. 
strictly a dancer keeps defying the handicapper yeah. doing no more than required but I think this has to be a question of him and he's got to prove his stamina for the extra distance as well so clean sweep I'd have made him favourite I think and he isn't favourite so mm. I'm with him Right don't forget you've got the offer your horse fails finish first second or third the money back on the 10 quid right the nightcap at Sandown 3.35 tomorrow which is the uh, Betfair Daily Rewards handicap hurdle listed we've got a previous winner in the form of Benson in there I think his second favourite mm. at the time of talking Hudson de Grugy, though is your market leader around about a 7 to 2 shot at the moment Dan yeah, I mean, he was, he was good first time back. Yeah. A classic Moore improver who transitioned out of juvenile company and made the perfect start to the season. The race was his from probably two out. He always felt he was getting the better of them. Um, but he's priced accordingly. It's an open race, of course it is. I don't know what Nichols will do second time out for the season. But I like a couple of prices. Uh, to say I had my fingers burnt with natural history would be an understatement of the year because he ran so badly when I napped him. It was unbelievable. <coughs> but oh, yeah, wasn't it? I, I can't believe, well, I know he's significantly better than that. This is a horse who went off favourite for an Imperial Cup here on heavy ground that didn't suit him. He then ran a miserable race at Fontwell, but he's back out again. Hoolahan's claiming for the first yep. time. He's good value. He's effectively off 118. He won off 116. and he, he was an example, again, we keep saying about this generosity of the handicapper. Mm. He ran in the Imperial Cup off 132. Three runs later, he's back off 123. So I think he's... Potentially interesting. He's a win-only vehicle. I definitely wouldn't punt him each way because you, you'd probably blow out both of your stakes. But the other one I'd be backing at a price as well is is Thebolt. Thebolt. Not really sure how to pronounce him, but I know he's a very Thebo. <laughs> thank you. Thebo. A cyclist. Thank you, culture vultures. Um, <laughs> if it's got four legs, I don't know. It's, it hasn't got four legs. I don't know his name. Um, it's only yeah, sport with a worse drug problem than uh, <laughs> racing cycling. <isn't> <laughs> Colombian football, maybe. <laughs> um, I just think he's really Getting solid. athletics, obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah, of course. Uh, really good run. I mean, again, handicapper's generosity. He ran into a handicap blot in Tommy's Oscar at Haydock, and he's been dropped two pounds for it. I thought he did well the way the race was run. It was one of those speedway yeah. days at Haydock where you get on the front and you don't come back. But he tried to do that. I just think he's bound to give a really good account of himself. I like the claimer, Jack Tudor. I'd back him each way and I'd back Natural History win only. Right, I'd back Miss Heritage, second run back off the Ascot run. You've got the Tolworth winner in there, Tony Metier. Benson won it last year. Mm. If you're going to send the punters home happy tomorrow with a winner, what's it going to be in the last? If you want to play safe, I'll definitely take uh, the Betfair Sportsbooks 4-1. to one. Uh, Benson at the time of recording, they're playing four places and that's been the money horse this morning. It was fives uh, in a few places this morning. Benson's been the one. Uh, you can see why, won the race last year. Uh, had a wind up, teed up for this race, I would imagine, uh, on the back of his fifth at, at Cheltenham on his comeback run. This horse is, like I said, if, he's, um, if he's, he can sulk a bit and get behind, we saw that at Ascot last year, but if he's on the premises two out, he'll be staying on stronger than, than a lot of these. So I think Benson's a solid one if you, you, know, if you want to play. I think the price is going there, but like I said, take the fours. One, I was, um, was going to leave the race alone, but then I went and had a look at Ellen Valley's comeback run at Ascot and God, did he catch the eye there. I mean, he was beaten 21 lengths, but um, I think it was plain to see that, you know, he could have got a lot closer there. The handicapper has actually dropped him three pounds for that. Um, with runs that are at eye-catching, I always think the handicappers should just leave him alone, but he's dropped him three pounds. He's back on the same mark as when third in the Fred Winter three starts ago. He, he made his herding debut at this meeting last year where he won. Um, I think good to soft ground is fine for him. If we get a bit more rain, he's He's, 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 you know, he's, he's well versed on softer or heavy ground. I thought Ellen Valley off 124 
double figures each way with the extra place. Um, I think that's the way to go in here. So Ellen Valley is the one I've backed, but I do fear Benson, but I think the price is probably just uh, declining a bit too much there. Right, we're going to switch to Aintree, but before we do, just at the time of talking, what, sort of lunchtime on Friday, Tony, just weather-wise, what are we expecting up at Aintree? Uh, it's already soft there. Yeah. Um, some forecasts are expecting 15 mil, so I think it's, it's fair to work on the basis uh, of soft stroke heavy. Uh, I'd be leaning towards heavy ground horses if I were you, so if the forecast is correct, uh, is correct but across the board, whatever forecast you use, I think they're, they're going to get plenty. Right, 1.30 Saturday, we'll get Kevin Blake's thoughts on the uh, Phillies Juvenile Hurdle, two miles one, as mentioned, at 1.30. There's good Irish representation, courtesy of White Pepper, courtesy also of six feet apart, Kev. Yeah, no, it's, a, it's a race I know Joseph likes to target because it's consistently one of the worst uh, black-type races in the UK every year space in terms of space, ratings. Yeah. Like, literally, like, it's absolutely horrendous. There's been some absolutely criminal fillies getting black-type out of this over the years. It's just wrong. We've sent over two over the years and we've had absolute disasters with them. One of them pulled herself up, going out in the second circuit last year. Um, so we're going back again with six feet apart. Um, looks to have a little bit to find on form, but look, if she could fall into third, it would be a brilliant result. But I thought White Pepper now is going to be very, very tough to beat. Mm. Um, Gavin Cromwell is another Irish trainer that clearly knows the crack with this race and he's really targeted as well and has had much more luck he's won it twice he won it with Jarrah's girl a few years ago what yeah. a certainty she was I'd say this one could be alright now she was impressive at Galway um, got taken on for the lead a little bit but eventually kind of jumped her way into a clear lead and was very strong late on the ground was properly heavy there you know Galway's a testing track you know, she stays very well. I'd say it'll give her a very no-nonsense ride. Hopefully, as Tony says, with a view to her, it'll absolutely hammer down her rain and it'll be bottomless because yeah. Uh, yeah, she'll be galloping long after. Most of them have cried enough, I'd say. And uh, if you wanted a fav at Aintree, I'd say you'll struggle to get better than her. Uh, quickly, Tony, on this one before we move on to the bigger stuff on the day. Yeah, um, I thought it's currently 15 to 8 with the sportsbook. I can see that. I see that going. Um, uh, recorded a really good time at Galway last time as well. The ground's no issue. Um, I can see that going off a, a six to four. You know, obviously, there's. I don't like betting in these kind of races because there's a lot of lightly raced, unexposed fillies against her. But on what we saw in the clock and what the trainer's history coming over for the race, I thought I thought she's probably more of a six to four chance. Ali Aman, Ali Aman is a proper one-dimensional front runner as well. So this will be serious survival of the fittest, which one can handle mm. conditions, which one's got the stamina to cope with it. It might be a three or four finisher yeah. job. Okay, let's move on to the many clouds. Eight declared, I mean, this is a cracker. Tiger Rolls had some good trips to Aintree, slightly different tests for him. He's there, Native River, the winner a couple of years ago, winner of the Gold Cups there as well. Dan Barber, I'll go straight in with you with this. We've got, what, 13 to eight, the current price on the Sportsbook Protector at, now trying the trip. <laughs> Not for me. Mm. Not for me, Clive. Um, yeah, stamina's one thing. I mean, if he was trying three miles in a more routine set of circumstances, you might think he was worth a go at it because he did come home really strongly at Cheltenham, but that wasn't a slog of a race at all. I mean, I thought he was a two-miler not long ago, so he's, he's proved me wrong on that score. But today, he's, on Saturday, sorry, I'm not sure of any extra yardage at Aintree. They are prone to it sometimes. But at the very least, it's going to be the fat end of 25 furlongs. So he's up five in trip, five furlongs in trip. He's in a race featuring sluggards like Native River, the sluggards. two amigos. That sluggard who won a gold cup. Yeah, that yeah. sluggard. Like that. <laughs> a glory, a very good sluggard. Yeah. A sluggard never nonetheless. This, never normally this punch on racing TV, is it? <laughs> I, don't, I, I didn't think that was that. I don't think it's a... 
don't think it's a negative. Sluggard. Sluggard. <laughs> just, just stays well, doesn't he? Might have just been honest and called him a slug. But it's not just the fact that Native River's in there and we'll be ridden one way to ensure it's a complete searching test of stamina, but the two amigos makes the run in, wishing and hoping he's a headstrong front runner as well. I mean, mm. this will be a severe test of stamina for Protector out on his first try at the trip. His usual rider again isn't on him, Bridget's on instead of, of Harry. Um, the downside being as a punting race for me is the fact that those that you might want to be with aren't necessarily proven stayers themselves, but Imperial Auras always look worth persevering with at three miles for me, but I want to, it's yeah. simply the bets I'm going to give a chance to. Um, I think the trainer change is a, was a positive at the start of the season. We, we've got a runner on Sandown's Friday card um, in the Winter Novices hurdle who made the same switch and looked sensational at Chepstow. And Simply the Bets has joined Nichols. The stable he's left, Harry Whittington, was out of sorts for most of last season. He was a very progressive novice chaser, culminating with that win at Cheltenham. All his form lines tied him well. Imperial Aura was in his form back then. And whilst he's not necessarily bred to be a three-mile plus horse, I think he's shaped several times like he will stay it. And I thought he shaped a lot better than the result at Cheltenham. It was, it was patent, wasn't it, in that Cheltenham race that the Nichols first string wasn't him. It, yeah, was, yeah. it was Laylor. And I think he was probably left a gallop or two short. I think he'll come on for it. And the fact they're happy to, to spurn a potentially generous handicap mark is another positive for me. Right, Kev, final thoughts on this before we move on to the Beecher. I found it a nightmare race, to be honest, because I kind of approached it thinking, right, everyone's going to want to be with Native River. I'll find something to take him on. But the more you work through it, you know, doubtful stairs, as Dan emphasised, like this could be an absolute slog. And that's one thing you always know Native River loves. And he's a bit older now and he can't keep doing it forever. But then you say, like, he, he didn't look a million miles away from, you know, being near his best last season. And that was when Colin Tizard was, like, in the wilderness wandering around aimlessly for much of the season, you know, whereas now he's there back flying. And um, you'd imagine they'll have him pretty sharp for this. And you can just see him grind it out, can't you? Like, this yeah. might be his big day this season. And uh, I just found it hard. As much as I wanted to, I found it hard to take him on. Right, OK, let's move on to the Beecher chase over the national fences. And at the time of talking, what, 6-1, to one, Snow Leopardess and Mac Totty TC, who, well, it wouldn't have been a double you could have done a couple of years ago, the Sefton and the Beecher now on separate days. Bids yep. to follow up, another win over these fences. Where is your first sort of port of call with this race? Um, working on the basis of heavy ground, um, I came to Akil, Achille, whatever yep. you want to pronounce it. Um, Doesn't matter if he wins. No. <laughs> The 20s has gone and it's into 12 with the sports book and that kind of like punt from yesterday afternoon has, has seen him short and everywhere. But I still think there's some mileage in him around about 12, 14 to 1 mark. I mean, you should say if you are betting with the sports book, you are getting six places. Um, so it's a, obviously competitive each way terms there. I just thought um, he was very solid. I mean, the horse always runs his best race first time up. Um, he's got plenty of form in the ground. I think he could really take to these fences. I think he's a very good jumper in the main. Uh, I think he's still well, uh, reasonably handicapped, three pound higher mark than we just touched up by Lord Domes Neil in the national triad Haydock in, in February. Yep. So, and obviously the stable are in great form, so I think he's, he's pretty solid. I'm playing win only on the exchange on both, by the way, because they're about four points bigger there. And the other one is 2A per me. I'm not sure about if he'll really relish heavy ground, but he has got some uh, plenty of form in testing going. I thought he was a good comeback in the Troy town. The UK handicap has only put a pound on him. And uh, if he comes back to the form against Chris's dream in the storyteller at Downwell this time last year, 
a mark of 150 really underestimates him. So my two against the field are Akil and Toure Permi, around about 60 to 1 win only on the exchange. I think TC's in it. Well, he's teed it up there, Kev, because Chris's dream in attendance. He must be one of the best horses to have run in this, certainly recently. Oh, yeah, what he's running off 162. Um, I'm operating completely from memory because my iPad is absolutely filled with trousers, but I'll, uh, I'll do my best. Good, good. Uh, and I, I like Chris's dream. Look, he's top weight. He's giving away a lot of weight to everything, but I like top weights in, in British national hunt racing, especially in these big handicap chases. And there's just an awful lot to like about him on a number of fronts. He loved the ground. Like, he's a proper sluggard. Yeah. Loves the ground. And his record when fresh is very interesting. Again, off the top of my head, I think off a break of 80 days or more, he's four from six lifetime. And off shorter breaks, he's like one from eight, something like that. And I know Henry has been talking about that for a year or two, that he feels he's best fresh. And as well as that, you watch back that Grand National last year, and he's run a belter. He's following the winner the whole way. He's taken to it really well. He's made one little mistake the way around, and he's come down to four out. And for me, he's going just as well as the winner. And he just made a silly mistake, and, and off came the rider. But like, that was going to be a big run. And I'd say Henry will have him ready to rock for this. Yep. And on this ground, he ticks an awful lot of boxes. What is he, 10 to 1, something like that? Yeah, um, I, think, I think it's very fair. 12, I, think. Like, I, I could see, look, it's, it's Henry. You know, I could see people latching onto him. And the closer we get, and I, I'd be pretty keen on him now. Uh, spoiler alert, he's going to be my, my nap of the day, nap of the weekend. Perfect. So, yeah. Ten, stuff. six places you can get in the sports there we book. Go. Yeah. Right, so 22 runners down very quickly, 21 fences to negotiate. What's the bet second, that scenario? Second vote for Blakey's boy, Chrissy Dream. For right. I'm a, I'm a, again, I think it's what, what Kev says about how well he took to the course last season. And I do think nowadays it's a bit overstated, the fact you've got your iron at the track. We see loads of winners over the fences that haven't run there before yep. since they've been downsized. Um, the other one I'd, I'd bring into the mix is Kimberly like Candy, who's been runner-up in this race for the last two editions, has been eased a little by the handicapper off 150. I know he was beaten miles last year by Villion Rouge, but he still ran really well for a long way. I just think he's bound to give a good account of himself for a stable that tend to not leave them short first time out. I think he'll be bang ready at a track that clearly suits him. Right. Uh, before we move on to Ireland Sunday, very quickly, TC, I think you want to give a mention to the 315, that concluding handicap at Aintree. Yeah, I bet two in the race. I bet Cateson, last year's winner. Yeah. Um, didn't really cut it over fences first time up, but he's got some really good course form. Not only did he win this race, but he finished a good fifth in a very competitive race here in April. He's got the best head carriage in training as well, of it? So, yeah, that is... I, I thought he was... Uh, I thought he was very interesting back over, back over hurdles on last year's winning mark. And I'm going to take another punt on Ballyandy now. We mentioned the handicapper being very, very generous. I'm, st I'm still looking for my left testicle after uh, Bora <laughs> Bill ran badly uh, last week. But um, Bally Andy has been dropped from 157 to 140 in three starts. If he comes back to his early season form last year, he will win. Okay. I think two mile four is what he wants. Um, and I'm willing to take a risk on Bally Andy at 20s and Cates in around about 12s. Excellent. Right, that's Saturday done. Sunday, they've just declared the two big races in Ireland. We're going to talk about the hilly wave. But first up, the John Durkin Memorial, that grade one at Punchestown, two mile four and a bit. Uh, Kevin Blake, what, ten in there? It looks a cracker. Seven of them trained by Willie Mullins. Who wins? Ten runners, eight grade one winners, a Grand National winner, and Mellon. <laughs> it's a fair old lineup. Uh, we, we saw the betting for this, and I think we all kind of went, gee, really? Envoy Allen was put in fav. And uh, uh, seven to four, I think. Uh, Fakir Dudri, three to one. Aloho, 130. And I think we all said the same thing. Aloho is the one there at the prices, surely. Um, you, getting a little bit closer will be telling 
just to, the market might give us a bit of a clue as to how ready the likes of Alaho are. Um, I just have a small concern with Alaho going right-handed. I think he's definitely better going left-handed. Um, mightn't be loads in it, but I do think he is better um, that way. Envoy Alan, could you back him at the price? He can go and win Even the course. Even, Raylan. That's 74, back to Oh, my God. Even. Yeah. He, uh, he's short enough Steve for did. me. <laughs> in fair fact, your Duderie, you know, is solid. You know, he, he likes some rain, ideally, but he's back. He's race fit. He was very good at Clonmel. Um, he showed at Aintree how good he is. Yeah. Um, you know, but again, I was kind of thinking he might be a slightly bigger price. You know, there, there is mm. depth to this, and I think that the way the market moves in the next kind of 48 hours will be pretty fascinating. Right, and over at Cork, 4 to 11 is the price of a Nurja Menon. It was a case of early this week where they're going to go, which Mullins, Two Miler, or Speed Chaser is going to go where. And for the Hilly Way, it's the return of Nurja Menon, who is 4 to 11. Yeah, sure, look, he's one of the big ones, isn't he? He, he is, we've, yeah. We've, we've got Shakan running here, we've got an Ergamain running there. You know, Shishkin, you know, we might see him in March if we're lucky, I suppose. Might see him at a few <laughs> race course gallops between now and then. Um, and look, we, wa we want to see these horses take each other on, figure out which one's the best one. Um, in Ergamine, it'll be an absolute bog in Cork, I suspect, by the time we get there. And he should go and win looking at it. I don't think there's a few good solid ones against him now, but there's no stars. And I think he has all the promise to be a star. So I think this weekend's going to be pretty informative now. We're yeah. going to know a lot about what's what yeah. is this by the time we get to Sunday evening. We were saying earlier in the press, is this a signal that Willie's about to go off? I said it was like two yeah, from launch. 20. Yeah. The rocket like out when, close Sutton. When Venetia, when the, the calendar turns to December the 1st <laughs> and suddenly she's winning with everything. Right, gentlemen, time for, you've already teed up yours, but um, we'll just for anyone who's just zoning into the end of the podcast and wants to hear it, we'll find out the naps for all three. And just a reminder as to the current national hunt season, profit and loss, Kevin, 140 up. Down a hundred, or oh, 38, I was about to say 138 up. You can That's, say that if you want. Yeah, fine. Uh, Tony, first up, less so. These are only naps, by the way. Yeah. What's going to get you back into the black this week? I've played six double-figure price horses, uh, but I'm going to go with Dacia Rabbit, very solid. Uh, I think take the fives, I can see him going off at seven to two. I think he's very, very solid. Dacia Rabbit in the London Betfair National. Yeah, you've got that offer that we will re well, repeat in a few moments' time. Um, Kevin, it's all about Chris's dream. Chris's dream, the beacher. We'll go win only. So who wants to finish second? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. 21 fences, 21 <laughs> other runners. Easy. Easy. Um, and Dan, all that's left to reveal is yours. Yeah, Tony stole my thunder a little bit with D-Shabba, so I won't double down. Let's give a, a spread it a little bit. I think very solid each way, 335 Sandown, is T-Boat, the horse I couldn't pronounce, who's named after the cyclist. Can I have him win and place? Because I'm Windy Barber, is that yeah. all right? I'm not even here next week, so you can have what you <laughs> right, like. Okay. Um, right, thank you very much indeed, gentlemen. Don't forget, on that London National, you've got the money back as a free bet. If your horse fails to finish first, second or third, ten runners in there, that marathon-staying uh, chase. But thanks indeed to Tony, to Kevin, to Dan here at Sandown. And, uh, of course, Wade will be back on Monday, tackling all the big issues, the listener questions coming in as well. And don't forget to gamble responsibly and like and subscribe with your chosen podcast provider. We'll see you again very soon.